0: we're going to go ahead and say hello to all of our patients so feel free to jump ahead 20 seconds or 15 seconds or whatever so we'll go ahead and say hello so hello to everybody in the united states in the kingdom india ireland australia bulgaria jamaica russia belgium canada germany italy sweden hey sweden that's where i am portugal el salvador norway the philippines oman Nigeria, the United Arab um, oh my God. Emirates, Emirates, am I saying that Emirates, I believe Emirates, Okay, Emirates. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Albania, Cuba, Spain, Iran, Mexico, Poland, South Africa, and Zimbabwe. Hello, oh. Zimbabwe. Welcome to the Psychor. We're so happy to have you and everyone unknown and in between. We're happy to have you. So welcome. And if you're new here, take it, take ticket. We'll show you around. But I am Darcy and I always I say it. <laughs> we did it again. It's hard, yeah. you guys. Okay. When you're not in the same room, it's hard. <laughs> I'm Shannon. So and we are your awesome hosts of Take A Killer to Brunch, a true crime and paranormal and all things spooky podcast. So welcome. So what I have for you today, Shannon is an oldie but a goodie. So to make a long story less complicated for everybody listening, especially if you're new here, um this podcast started with one and then became two. So to keep it consistent and on brand, all of the solo episodes that I did, we pulled to redo together to keep on brand and keep consistent. So, these are old episodes from the very beginning of the podcast,
1: and I'm very excited to do them. The even better part <laughs> is we're gonna we're gonna look at old
0: beginning of podcast Darcy notes, especially because this is the first time I've laid eyes on them since I wrote them. I did not have a time to do any refreshing, and I was like, "I guess we're gonna wing it." <laughs> That's that
1: we're going to go along for this, like, this journey of a ride. And now y'all get my commentary of... on it. Exactly. You can have your commentary. I mean, the worst thing that could happen
0: is that I do as bad of a job now as I did when I put out episode one, which is what we're covering today.
1: I don't so. think you're going to do a bad job at all. Oh, I got thee. So, any need hooky-doop. Do you remember what this episode might be? Oh, I know I listened to it. Oh, my best friend has a podcast. I gotta listen to it. And so I did (laughs) listen to it. So, ladies and germs, they, thems, and everything
0: in between, we are going to be covering the story or the case, I guess, of Doctor H. H. Holmes and his murder castle. I know, I, know, I, know. I do remember this one because I was flying asleep to your voice,
2: but yeah. like in a good way, See, like as in like I was listening to your podcast like before bed,
0: and I was like, oh, my best friend's voice. <laughs> See, here's the thing: if my voice can put people to sleep, a good or bad, at least it puts you to bed. So that, that it sounds to me like I have a siren energy I mean, about could be, me and that's totally okay it could be like a good like ooh, she's putting me to bed kind of thing you know or she's literally putting me to sleep and that it's comforting you know yeah it's either she's putting me to sleep because i like her voice or it's so boring and dry it's putting me to sleep but you know what thank you for listening so it's cool
2: <laughs> we got a listening
0: so that's all that matters <laughs> there's there's a certain time I need to listen past on YouTube for me to get that, that rate,
1: that check mark. So thanks. Anyway, so I will start off with a quote. This was a quote from Dr. A. J. Holmes. He said,
0: yes, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer no more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing Stop. as my sponsor beside the bed, beside the bed where I was
1: ushered into the world, and he has been with me since. I like that. He's like I've had a personal demon since I was born. So I mean, it's I very dark, but it's, it's
0: very dark. But I, I like it. <laughs> I mean, I just like that he compared his killing spree to. A, a poet <laughs> like,
1: yeah well what can he just, you expect of me he very eloquently put it he's just never understood no one can understand his art <laughs> isn't there somebody though
2: i'm sure there has to be a murderer out there or like a serial killer out there that, well besides the guy that made like all the nipple belts and stuff like that that you know I, maybe it was like on an as like an episode of like CSI or something like that where they create like these art masterpieces with like the dead bodies or something. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Th- there, there
1: is like a person, right? I Or is that just like is that just a, like? I don't think there's a real person.
0: I think there are shows inspired by people and they create these characters. Like, I mean, a good example is Hannibal is a good example of somebody doing things like that.
1: I mean, every kind of show has, has, has something like that. There was another show that I watched and I can't remember the name of it, but I digress. So
0: A.J. Holmes was not his actual name. Dr. H.H. H. Holmes just sounded cooler and he changed his identity later in life.
1: But his full name from birth was Herman Webster Mudgett. That's his name. Go ahead. I mean, I, I can't blame the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's an enticing name. Oh, So enticing. Yeah. So since this is you know, I'm going to dusting off these old notes. I may not remember all of the
0: specific stories, that we will touch in because there are a lot of people that came through this supposed murder castle. I mean, I'll get into some of the statistics in a minute, but just like, bear with me. Some of the very specific details may have been forgotten in times past. So he was born on May 16th of 1861 in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, to Levy Horton Mudgett, who was a house painter, that was his father, and to Theodate Theodate Page Price, who was a homemaker and his mother. He's also the year of the Taurus, the year of the Taurus. He's a Taurus and year of the rooster for all of our fans out there. And he's credited, as most of us know, as America's first serial killer. He confessed to 27 murders, but only nine have been confirmed and actually tied to him. But according to missing missing persons reports and neighbors around homes, their testimonies, his body count is estimated and has been, I want to say like, Inflated to around two hundred, so he's really infamous for having this crazy murder castle where he killed hundreds of people. and you may ask why, how could he do that so easily and not get noticed? What do you know what was happening in the world at the time when all this
1: is going down? It's a war or like is either war or disease? No, it
0: was actually. Because his bird Castle was in Chicago, and it was the World's Fair was happening in Chicago at the time. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. And in the 1900s, you know, it's like, you weren't just, like, sending my location, going to the World's Fair, like, be right back. Like, when you got on that ship, you hoped someone came home, like, three months later. You know what I mean? So people were flocking to the World's Fair. It was in Chicago. It was going to be this huge deal. And people needed lodging. And so that was kind of a big part of this construction. My
1: God. I have notes of his early years. Okay. God, I was terrible at this. But here's what we're going to do we're going to scratch a ton of what I just said.
0: <laughs> Up until he changes his name, I'm going to call him Herman. I know this is going to be confusing for some people, but I'm going to call him Herman because it's funny. And then when he changes his name, we'll call him H.H. Humph. So Herman was raised by an affluent and religious parents who were devoted Methodists. Okay. He fooled, this is kind of where the chronic line comes in. He fooled many of his neighbors when he would steal small amounts of money from their homes. So he would go into little purses and like take change out of their purse pockets and stuff. And then he would just lie and say that he didn't do it. Or he would blame another kid for doing it. Even if he was caught, it was real. That's what I'm saying. He just like chronically lied no matter what. Like he would go out of his way to never be in the wrong or never be in a bad light. He always had to be a good kid in that way and i think a lot of that came from like obviously his really religious parents and so on he
1: did have a medical condition called oh strabe which is cross-eyed basically being cross-eyed oh yeah Strabismus, strabiusness i don't know do you know I nope. don't think I could pronounce it correctly, but uh, yeah, your 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 spellage of
2: it probably is correct. Thanks. Strabismus. Yeah, something like that.
0: Strabismus. Yes, that's what it is. Strabismus. Thank you. Oh, see, I she do know. The... He had strabismus, which was basically just mean he was cross-eyed, and it made him a accor- He made him off-putting to the neighbors, which is really mean. He- he's a kid you know so it made him really off-putting to the neighbors i mean they didn't already like him because he was a little thief but what made him off-putting wasn't the fact that he was cross-eyed it's because he wouldn't look people in the eye and i'm like no offense karen but he (laughs) can't not to be a (laughs) dick oh poor kid he's like i just don't know what i use to look at somebody yeah he's literally just like
1: i can't like i'm just trying to (laughs) look straight so and what do i look at <laughs> he's
0: like i just don't want to look at my nose all day i don't know so he has this condition it makes him it obviously gets to him he realizes that he's different and the neighbors judge him for that to make it even better his dad was an alcoholic and it was said that he was abusive even to the point of like starving the children he did have a sister i believe but he would like starve the children he would lock them in a room if they were not doing the way that he felt children should act so a very classic alcoholic parent behavior that kind of thing so he didn't have a really great home life and It wasn't in a day and age where his mom would probably fight back or stand up for them. So she would probably just turn a blind eye. All of that to be topped with, he was also bullied, which we see a lot of. He was bullied by older boys at his school and in the neighborhood. And they actually, they would tell him terrible stories. Believe it or not, Holmes was actually, not Holmes, Herman was really scared of like skeletons and like dead bodies like he was actually really freaked out by that kind of stuff but they would tell him all of these scary stories about decaying bodies and he was really terrified of the skeleton hanging in the doctor's office it scared him he never wanted to go near it and so what they decided to do which would be really funny is to prank him with it So they drag him down to the doctor's office because in the 1800s, you could just drag someone to the local doctor. And they terrify him by setting up this skeleton. And when he, they put him in the room and when he gets into the room, it's like they push it and its it's arms are out and it like just goes at him and it scares the shit out of him. But it sparked something in him because after that, he, like death and disease was all he could think about. Like he became obsessed with it after that. Like he was so scared, shitless of that in that instance that it
1: made him so like addicted to it, if that makes any kind of sense. I mean, yeah, it's
2: almost like that whole like conquering your fear thing
1: or also making it like your obsession. Mm-hmm. So, as a normal child does, when they've discovered a new passion for
0: all things medical, he decided to start dissecting animals, and yes,
1: that included dogs. So, he, so he takes a turn, yeah, and, and he just starts doing what normal kids do in killing pets and animals which isn't a red flag at all.
0: But our next red flag comes in the form of a friend named Tom. Tom was 11 years, or sorry, Holmes was 11 years old when him and a friend named Tom go to explore an abandoned house. Tom climbs up the landing
1: of this old rickety house and he falls to his death. Holmes, or Herman, claimed
0: that it was an accident but people speculate he actually pushed him off the the landing, but no one could prove it. And because no one liked him anyway, it was easy to kind of be like, oh, you know, the cross-eyed kid pushed him off the landing and killed Tom. So jumping ahead to 1875 when Herman is 14, his grandfather passes away and he leaves him some land. So he leaves him some land, and that's great but when he's 16 in 1877 he also graduated high school because he is super smart and he begins dating clara who were was his childhood friend so he meets his soon-to-be first wife as kids they grow up together
1: and as soon as he graduates high school they get married In 1878 when
0: he's 17 him and clara actually get married in secret well why you might ask because both of their families were not really happy about it and i thought this was a really progressive way of thinking especially for like 1878 her family and his family were not happy to find out that they just went and got married because they didn't they felt that they were too young to get married they were like you haven't really lived life yet like you need to go do more of your own stuff like you're both still so young we don't really think this is a good idea and i'm like yeah that's the right thing to say (laughs) you know what i
1: mean not because Holmes looks weird (laughs) no (laughs) it's fine they get married yeah so Nothing starts off on the right foot for them because they've already
0: pissed off both of their parents. And then Herman starts to work at a grocery store owned by Clara's uncle. So he's working for his wife's uncle, who doesn't already like them for getting married in secret. So he's not on a good foot. And in 1879, when Holmes is eight, he enrolls at the University of Vermont, but he left after one year. He was just not feeling it, so he just decided to to drop out. And then in 1880, Clara gave birth to their first child, who they named Robert. So she decides to be she starts to stay home, and then eventually she would, I think, I have it written here somewhere. She pays for his schooling later on. In 1882, he again tried and he enrolled at the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery. And got in. And he basically was like deuces and he ditched his wife and killed And like I said, she was funding his education. She was the only one working. So somebody had to pay for those, you know, tuition fees. So she was working full time and taking care of their son while he was off at the University of Michigan. Department of Medicine and Surgery. And he was definitely book smart, but he was not technical smart. So he was really good at studying and he was really good at exams, but he was not good in actual practice, which as a medical professional is kind of something you need to have. But again, he's not a surgeon. He would take cadavers and body parts from the university to conduct his own experiments. And while that sounds really crazy and like, what the fuck? Like nowadays, that actually wasn't too uncommon way back then because people kind of didn't care. It was like, okay, like. People like he would get body parts from the school to do his own experiments, and people kind of didn't care. I don't think his roommate particularly enjoyed it, but one of the weirder things that was discovered in his dorm room by his roommate was a baby cadaver he had under his bed, which wasn't something he would get from the school. So don't know how he got it, but he got a baby cadaver
1: and he had it under his bed, I think in a box the smell though like mm. not of that but it's like
2: it just at first i thought you were gonna say like in a jar you know like they always say like those ones in like the jar mm.
1: like the formaldehyde mm. but in a box i think it was in a box i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it was like in a box under his bed
2: that's but... just disturbing because it's like you're not even preserving it at that point
0: yeah yeah
1: dude it You're just having a dead baby underneath your bed. That's just fucked up. Yeah. He also, while performing experiments in school, he was getting involved in
0: his conning. So he told you he was a big con man. There would be a lot of lawsuits against him in Chicago. And this is kind of where it all starts to take off. So, you know, he was obviously a liar from childhood. He would lie to people who saw him do something bad. And he was like, how can we make some money? So he becomes friends with this guy and they decide to do a basically like insurance fraud because back then it was kind of easy, a lot easier now or then than it was now or than it is now. And they were like, hey, we have a great idea. We're going to fake some deaths and we'll use just like already dead bodies and some cadaver parts and then we'll just fool the life insurance people and we'll just split the money. And they were like, Great, let's do that. So they they get some. It's three of them. It's like him, his friend, and then it's these three guys. And then one of the dude has a wife. So they're like, "Hey, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna fake your guys' death. We're gonna do like a murder suicide, right? And then we'll just have these be the bodies, and then we'll all split the cash. But you're all responsible for getting a body." And so he's like doing all this stuff, and he was like, "Oh shit, he finds out that they've gotten a little bit more advanced in how they detect fraud in these cases. So what they do is he decides we're gonna burn and disfigure them, and then that way we can collect our money, which actually works. so they get they get some bodies, everyone gathers their bodies, they fake this murder suicide they have burned them they've burned something down and then it's like
1: then they cash out on this life insurance fraud so finally not long after that claire is kind of fed up like
0: i i i don't know if i mentioned this before i may have claire is fed up herbert is just he's abusive and he's a terrible father and he's neglectful. so she leaves him but they don't get divorced and in 1884, at 23, he passes the medical exam. So he is now officially a medical professional at the age of 23, because it's 1884, and you can do that. And between 1884 and 1886, he worked odd jobs for, or jobs in Moores Forks, New York, and Philadelphia. He's involved in a case of a missing boy in New York and the death of another in Philadelphia. But nothing came of those, or at least no charges were ever pressed. But he was a person of interest in both of those cases. In 1886, he moves to Chicago and takes a job at a pharmacy. So now he's come to Chicago. He's a clean slate. I finally ditched the wife and son. I can live freely and happily. And this is when he changes his name from Herbert Mudgett to H. H. Holmes or Henry Howard Holmes, very prestigious, very regal not Mudgett. he didn't he didn't he didn't want to keep the Herbert in there somewhere. I know right Herbert Howard Holmes no he wanted a totally clean slate. And I think a lot of that had to do because of all the shit he was involved in and all of the fraud and the scams that were tied to him he didn't want any connection to any of that so he clean slates himself in chicago because you can do that in 1886 and he wanted the shop that he worked at this pharmacy so he drove the the shop price way into the ground and he bought it from the holtons that's the
1: couple the husband and the wife that owned the shop and they and they disappearing he
0: says they left for california people say that he killed them but they were actually alive in chicago eventually and like leaving for california but people like oh he totally killed them that's why they like left for california they had threatened him with a lawsuit to get him to pay what he owed them for the shop because he never paid them he destroyed the price to get the shop and then never followed through on his owes Keep in mind, this is really important. He never put his name on anything he owned. This was actually a huge factor to the success of his scams because he would use, I think at this time, he's dating his soon-to-be second wife, Myrta, and he, he would use her or her mother to sign or to put things into their name. So no one could actually come, like, seize his assets
1: because they're not his essentially. Are they that dumb, though? To be like, why is he using our name? Yes. Yeah. Giving women a bad name. And also, it's like, I mean, it's like a win-win and a
0: win-lose, depending on how you look at it. It's like, I mean, if he puts that shit into their name, I mean, it's like, it's mine until it's not. You know what I mean? But also, it's like, you're really gonna... Argue with him like he's the man you know what i mean like right but also that also puts you
1: liable for all that stuff
0: right and of course because he's such a
1: gentleman they don't suspect he's a bad man he's not going to do that to them right of course not so he's continuing to run scams
0: out of the pharmacy to finance his next project which would be the murder house or the murder castle So he is running scams out of there. He's, you know, I don't remember what the scam was, but basically there was kind of like this miracle elixir thing running around at the time, which was pretty common back then. You know, it's like drink this make oil and everything will be fine. And he was doing some shit like that. Like he was just doing some like placebo bullshit. It was like my magic elixir and everything will be fine. And it wasn't fine.
1: And so he was just doing things like that. It was honestly probably cocaine. Probably. Yeah. So he's doing that to finance his next project, which would be the lot not too far away.
0: And in 1887, he actually attempts to divorce Clara, Mm -hmm. claiming infidelity, which would not be found truthful. There would be no evidence. There's no one to corroborate this story. Even the man he claimed she was having an affair with He wouldn't corroborate that. So they were like denied. So they were like, nope, you get to stay married because she couldn't divorce him. You know, he he had to divorce her. And they were like, "Nope, figure it out. And I don't think she was ever aware that he tried to divorce her. I think it was he submitted the papers or he did what he had to do. They did their investigation and then nothing ever came of it. So she doesn't even know that he tried to divorce her. And then he just goes on to marry Myrta not long after that. And I think it was 1887,
1: I said. Yes, 1887. He marries Myrta. And it wouldn't be long after that. Where did my note go? Here we go. That
0: she would give birth to their baby girl named Lucy. So they would have a daughter named Lucy. And again, not long after that, he begins to cheat on his wife. We can see a pattern.
1: He gets the girl. He knocks her up. She has a baby. He's like, ew, I'm going to go find something new. That's big. Right? It's like, Mom, I want dino nuggies for dinner. Are you sure? I definitely want the dino nuggies. You get the dino nuggies. He's like, I don't want the dino nuggies. And then, okay. Yeah. So, there's a pattern here. That's the pattern. Um mm, But who does he cheat on his wife with, you ask? Well, <clears throat> that would be the jeweler's wife excuse me the jeweler's wife from his pharmacy named julia so he starts to have an affair with our first
0: victim supposedly named julia and he knows the husband
1: they all like i think live in the same building and her husband's name is ned and ned i just love the name ned
0: he Quits his job and he moves out in 1890. So I think he finds out that there's an affair going on and he's like, bye. So Ned quit his job and he leaves and he moves out and he said, fuck you both in 1890. And then on Christmas, December 25th, 1881, Holmes performs a boxed abortion on Julia after he got her pregnant. And he was like, well, we can't have that. My wife can't find out. And she dies in the operating table. I said he wasn't technically inclined, and he wasn't. He was not a surgeon. This is not something he had ever done before, but he was like, I got this, you know? I can
1: frame confidence. Blind confidence only gets you so far. (laughs) And he killed her, and he didn't really care. He was like, well,
0: that's one less problem I have to deal with. Now, the next problem I have to deal with is Pearl, her daughter. So, he disposes of Pearl. I know that's a really gruesome way to talk about it. I don't know. I don't really think we know how. I do think he ended up telling the landlady because she was asking about Pearl. She was like, I haven't seen her. We were supposed to go somewhere. And he was like, oh, she went with her mom to go see family. But the housekeeper, the the, the landlady remembers talking to Julia and she wasn't supposed to be leaving until like the 20th of January or something so she wasn't actually supposed to be leaving until sometime after the new year and they had already had some plans in mind for Christmas Day so she found it really odd that they had just left on Christmas but
1: she didn't really do anything else about it she was like okay that's their life you know but then we're gonna jump to 1892 make sure i have all this cool so i want to talk about the murder castle so
0: there's this hype in pop culture about the murder castle and how he had all these crazy rooms and all of these crazy ways of killing people and how many people they're like oh my god like 200 people or whatever like all these people died in the murder castle so if you've seen pictures of it it's like a storefront bottom he's got all these storefronts around this block And then it's like rooms and everything on top of it, right? Which is pretty common back in the 1800s to live above where you worked, basically. So we're going to talk a little about the murder castle. So he begins construction on 63rd Street in 1889. And it wouldn't be completed until 1891, so two years later. And it wouldn't be opened until 1893, roughly around the World's Fair. This house or this castle was three stories with a basement. The first level, as I said, would be stores. The second level would be a hotel. And the third level would be apartments. The basement, well, that was just his medical lab. That was just his little fun room. That's what he was doing that for. He placed ads in the newspapers offering jobs been advertising the building as a place of lodging in for the upcoming world's fair and all the employees inside of the murder castle were required to have life insurance policies that he paid the premiums for and was also the beneficiary of that's not a red flag (laughs) that's awfully suspicious i know why would you ever need that? The Another big piece that people tend to know is he hired and fired construction crews every week. So he would get a new crew every single week and he would do it and he then he wouldn't pay them. He would fire them without pay and say it was due to the poor work. The real reason was it was so nobody knew what he was actually constructing. He didn't want anyone to know the schematics of his plans. And if you look at it, you know, they over time, people were able to find all these different blueprints. Like it was a different blueprint for every single thing. And there were there was rooms that had no windows or no doors. And there was like weird chutes that went to different places and rooms rigged with pipes or it's fitted to basically be a gas chamber. Like there was doors that opened to blank walls. There was stairways that didn't go anywhere. Like it was A legit fucking madhouse like he had constructed this thing for a reason but the way that he had it constructed nobody batted an eye because no one really knew what the finished product was supposed to look like so nobody really questioned some of the weird things that he put
1: in place so it gets set on fire
0: on august 13th of 1893 Some people say he burned it down to get the insurance money out of it. We don't really know. But this is in August, but the World's Fair starts in May. In 1893, the Chicago World's Fair happened. Like I said, it ran from May 1st to October 31st. So before the World's Fair ends, is when this place burns down. And in late November of 1893, he would leave his wife, Myrta, and their daughter to flee to Texas with a new woman named Georgiana to claim a certain property. So I just had a bunch of information. We're going to dial back a little bit. But here's why I don't think that a lot of people were murdered in the actual murder castle was because a lot of it, one, it, was not, it wasn't so being constructed, but a lot of his murders don't take place i mean not a lot of his murders but his confirmed murders happen like after construction's already finished but he's no longer in chicago anymore like there are a bunch of people there are some that i'll i'll name the names of that are potentially his victims but i just don't think that a lot of people are actually dying there because at a certain point like You know, you see it in Sweeney Todd, too, just to make a funny reference, but it's like he only had he had like a small furnace in the basement. He didn't really have a big enough furnace to actually like burn up a whole body like they did find remains
1: in the murder castle, but they didn't find a lot of remains. Which tells me that not a lot of people died
0: there. Like they found bones in the in the in the furnace, which would have had to have been going and going and going and going, because it actually couldn't get hot enough to do a cremation, which is why they could still find bones. So overall, I don't think a bunch of people died there. I think there was this idea that he had, and when it went and it burned down, that was all went into the dust, which I think takes the fun out of it, but. At that point, it's kind of like a folk tale. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the truth got a little blurred there. Yeah, especially because when you look at those blueprints, like, well, how would anybody know? It's like,
0: well, no one actually died in a gas chamber. You know, I don't think anyone actually died in a gas chamber, to be honest. I don't think he got that far. So maybe the intention was there, but didn't actually happen right maybe the intention was there maybe the thoughts were there and the hope but nothing actually came into fruition so 1884 so there's a woman named Minnie and I don't remember Georgiana's tie to Minnie so he leaves his second wife and Georgiana would go on to be his third wife some years later but they go to Texas and they go to claim this property they claim the property and in may of 1894 holmes then flees to st louis missouri why
1: do you ask because he was caught horse frogs is what happened he... so he's in texas and they're on this farm and he was like i'm
0: gonna buy all these horses so he like buys these horses from these people from these auctions, but he doesn't pay anybody. But then he's turning around and he sells these horses and people catch wind of it. He's selling these horses that he stole. And they basically like run him out of Texas because they're like, we're going to have you arrested. That's a crime.
1: You can't do that. And so then basically like they flee to like St. Louis, Missouri. What did he think was going to happen? That he could just not do the same thing he did with
0: the pharmacy. Just not pay it. It is not going to kill all the ho- like old horse owner- owners or whatever.
1: Like he killed the no. pharmacy
0: people.
2: Not he didn't.
1: you really, really, really didn't think that one through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. So we have wrapped up to 1894.
0: So we need to talk about some things that have happened between 1891 when Julia disappeared and when he flees to St. Louis. So in 1892, June 1st, there is Emily Van Tessel. She was 16, and I believe she was an assistant of his, just another girl that he was having an affair with while he was still married to Myrta. And I believe her family... People like her friends and her family, and I think the landlady knew her, or there was a woman close to Emily, and they all suspected that like she was kind of seeing Holmes, and they were all like, not for it. Again, they're like, you're way too young. And she's like, oh, no, no, like I'm not dating him. I have a boyfriend, and she made up some stupid alias about some fake guy, and it is Holmes. She's actually seeing him, and it's she just
1: disappears. He creates, I believe, he creates, like, oh, this is a different girl. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, So he, this, one, this next part was a different girl
0: for Emily, basically creates this fake boyfriend. And she disappears, like, go live with him or whatever. And it's assumed that he probably got her pregnant. And then he killed her during a botched abortion and disposed of her body. So that's, unfortunately,
1: Emily. December 6th, so six months later, there is Grand, who she was either 23 to 24 years
0: old. He hired her as a stenographer and eventually courted her. So he started to see her. And similar situation, he creates these fake, he creates these fake wedding invites because there was a woman who was also close to her who was like, that doesn't sound like her. That doesn't sound right. She, like, flees to go marry this guy who no one knew, and he creates, like, fake wedding invites to convince people they've already gotten married and they're going to go live their life somewhere else. Similar to Julia, rumors are circulating that he also got her pregnant and he killed her for it. So, similar, like, Oh, we get her pregnant, another botched abortion. So there's some stuff that's like women who show up around him tend to go missing, right? Like his M.O.
1: Yeah.
0: Knock him up and knock him out. 1893, so July 5th. So again, like six months later, six, seven months later, this is where Minnie comes in. And Minnie is property. Minnie Williams was 23 years old. As you guys can tell, my notes were all over the place, but that's okay. She took the same job as Emmeline before her. So that's how she met Holmes. And then there was Nanny, who is Minnie's older sister. So there's Minnie and then there's Nanny. So Nanny is Minnie's older sister. She came to stay with her and Holmes in their new apartment from Texas. So she came from Texas to see the world's fair and visit her sister and stay with Holmes and kind of like, who is this guy? And it's really unsure how and where he killed both women. He did kill both of them. But it's speculated he lured them one at a time, locking them in his vault and letting them suffocate to death. So that's what's theorized. I mean, he confessed to stuffing Nanny into a trunk. And drowning her in Lake Michigan, but then later retracted that statement. So, did he drown her? Did he suffocate her? We don't know, because he's a liar. So,
1: who, who really knows? But he knew he couldn't kill one and keep the other one alive. It wasn't going to work. So, he just, okay. Both of them. But the fact that they're named Ninny and Manny, can you imagine their parents? God damn it, Ninny! I mean, Ninny! just scream at both of them it doesn't matter okay Okay. so that's when he flees to texas to go claim the property
0: i think somehow they forged documents and they were there and then they fled to st louis so now we are going to jump to 1894 to the peitzel family and on september 2nd of 1884 There's a Benjamin Freeland Peitzel. He's the husband and the father. He gets him, like, pass out drunk. Like, he gets him passed out drunk, and then he suffocates him with chloroform, okay? So we got a little bit of a change up here. But what he does, he stages the scene to seem like an accidental explosion. So we're doing another scam. We're doing another life insurance scam. Because now they've gotten too advanced, that they're going to start checking shit. So he's like, all right, I can't get a cadaver. I can't get a body. We're just going to have to do this. Now, mind you, he's done frauds and insurance frauds with Benjamin in the past. Like, he actually knows Benjamin. They're friends, you could say. But now he's going to kill him. So he stages his death to look like this accidental explosion. He convinces Ben's wife that he was still alive. And my, Ben has now died in this explosion. He convinces his, Ben's wife that Ben is still very much alive and that her and her daughter should go identify the lookalike he he granted them at, and then grant Holmes the insurance money. So he tells the dead man's wife, your husband is alive. There is a fake lookalike down at the corner. You go and identify him and then grant me the insurance money because I'm a man and you're a woman and that's how it works. So she does that and she believes him and she goes and she does that. And then he's like, "My, I'm gone. And on October 5th, Alice Peitzel and Nellie Peitzel, who are 15 and 16 years old, he oh, what happened here oh yeah he's like traveling around with the
1: kids
0: like they have like three kids yeah they have alice peitzel who's 15 they have Nellie peitzel who's 16 and they have howard peitzel who's eight and he somehow had like their daughters are traveling with him because she's like i have all these kids and he's like oh it's totally fine i'm gonna send you the money that I'm going to send you money from this life insurance, but she never does. And she has Howard Well, the daughters are traveling with him and are staying with him. And it's unclear how he murders their daughters, but it's assumed he kills them with poison. He did bury them in a shallow grave and then burn their clothes in a furnace in his rental property in Toronto. So he's fled all the way to Canada and he's murdered their two daughters. The mom has no idea, and then somehow she sends. So, oh, that was his plan. He was like, "Bring you guys up to Canada, a few at a time." He's in Canada. You need to come to Toronto. So, sends the daughters up. They die, and then she sends Howard up next, and then she is going to come last. So Howard goes up, and he poisoned his food with either cyanide, wolfsbane, cocaine, or chloroform. It's one of those, and
1: he burned bits of his body in the stove and then buried the rest in a nearby barn. Yeah. Murphy. Okay. Now, those are the ones we know are confirmed.
0: Here are the ones that are assumed, but we don't have any confirmation on.
1: Possible murderers of possible victims of the homes. In 1886, we had Dr.
0: Robert Leacock and two unnamed boys and Elizabeth Holton, again, the woman who had the pharmacy, the two unnamed boys from the two other states. In 1887, there's Dr. Russell. In 1888, there are the Rogers, and I think it was a wife and husband, Charles Cole, Lizzie, Sarah Cook, Mary Harricamp. In 1890, there was another Russell. In 1891, there is a Razine Van Jassar, there's a Robert Latimer, a Wade Warner, and an unnamed banker and an unnamed woman. In 1892, February 8th, there's Anne Betts, who was 24. And in July 18th of 1892, there was Ava Gertrude Connor. And 1893, there's an unnamed woman. And then between May and October, there was another unnamed victim. And in 1894, there was a Milford Cole, a Baldwin H. Williams. And in some unspecified dates, there was Kate Dirk and Mr. Rogers, not the beloved Mr. Rogers we know. So those are just some of his unnamed victims. How does he get captured? I know that's what everybody's asking. It's a wild ride. So I mentioned this name before. Or no, you talked about these people. And then I was like, oh, that's from the A.J. Tom's episode I did. Do, 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 do we're all circling back so the pietzel family right so authorities actually sent a private investigator known as
1: the pinkertons
0: um, the oinkertons yes the pinkertons they make their second debut on the podcast to investigate entail homes because he has all these charges and all these outstanding warrants and lawsuits against him in Chicago, but now all these people have gone missing, and especially like Pinkerton or the Pinkertons, the Peichels, the, the Peitzels. So they send an investigator to start tailing Holmes, and he does. He follows him all over, all the way up to Toronto, and I think it's when he discovers bodies of the children they're like we have something on him now so let's arrest him so they finally had some evidence on him they arrest him on november
1: 17th on an outstanding warrant for horse theft <laughs> whatever you got to do i mean to get him if the horseshoe fits you know what i mean <laughs> But, uh, but uh, and then In 1896, he
0: would be executed on May 7th, and he was hanged in
1: Philadelphia for it. To add some sparkle to this magical business, I actually
0: put his last words on Instagram, on our Instagram story. Or you can also check out
1: our Instagram highlights. I added highlight there. What Mm -hmm. you did there. I know. I do all the fancy stuff. So his famous last words were, take your time, don't thungle it, for his rope to be hanged. So that's what his famous last words were. But his neck did not immediately break when
0: they dropped him. So it actually took him 20 minutes to die. So he just like dangled there like until he died. And he asked that his body be cased in cement because he didn't want people digging him up and and dissecting his body. Which is ironic in the most best ways. I
2: mean, what? He didn't want other people doing what he did to them? Like, to bodies? Like,
1: no, sir, you don't get to choose that. Exactly. You dig up cadavers and dig up bodies to use in your scam. So some not so fun facts. So
0: I'm sure you've heard the theory or the conspiracy theory that H.H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper, right? Oh, yeah. So that's a really known conspiracy theory. There's this wild fucking docuseries on Netflix about the last descendants of A. J. Holmes are like convinced. And so they're doing all this stuff and it. Concludes to like, ah, we have no discernible evidence. But when his body was excavated in 2017, which is during this docuseries series, which you know it's a fun watch, his brain was still in his skull, which was really impressive. But what was even crazier is when they first excavated his grave, they got through all the concrete, they opened the grave, and there was no, <gasps> there was no body inside his casket. Okay, so but okay, so where was his body then? Because you said that the brain
1: was still in his body. Yes. Underneath the casket? Yes. So he
0: had somehow they don't know if he had like had bribed people, had paid people, but somehow this motherfucker had two caskets. So it was like
1: deeper down below his Fake casket was his real casket, with his real body in it. That takes a lot of thought into, like your. And own then it was burial. So, so
2: yeah, who would do that for a man like that? Like knowing that he was a mass murderer and killed children. I'm like, yeah, I sure, I'll take money to to do all this for this guy after he's dead.
1: I mean, I would have taken the money and just not done it. He's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> dead. I know they also theorized
0: that that he had like a stunt double, like a body double, like he didn't actually get hanged and everything like that. And it was somebody else dressed up as him. It's he's dead and he's in the grave. So his brain was actually still intact. I find very
1: impressive. And here are my cited sources that are minimalistic.
0: Websites that I used were Murderpedia, Criminal Minds, Wiki, All That's Interesting, right from the beginning, Crime Museum, The Famous People, and the podcasts I listened to were Serial Killers, and That's Why We Drink, and Lights Out. So that was a wild ride of notes everywhere and a big appreciation for not being that person anymore. That's what I got. H.H. Holmes and his infamous murder castle, which is no longer standing, by the way. It is now this little piece of sidewalk. There's a post office where his murder castle used to be. And there's like a piece of sidewalk that's like still
1: from that era that you can really go look at, I guess. It's the history. It's history. It's some dark history, but it's history nonetheless. Well. I mean, I guess the one good
2: thing that came out of his story was that, you know, some some crazy spin-offs happened. Like, our one of our favorite shows, American Horror Story, I know, branched off of the idea.
0: So, oh I God, guess it inspired some cool, cool. shows. Oh, God. There's so much that's been inspired by by his story. And, like, H.H. Holmes and the conspiracy theories that follow it, we could go down that rabbit hole all day. Like, that would be a
1: fun Reddit thread to jump down. But that is not for today. <laughs> so that being said, thank you all so much for being here. I don't know. I guess if you, if you made it this far, drop, I don't know, a green heart in the comments or some shit like that. If you made it this far. So cheers to you. Cheers. And we will see you guys in the next one. Bye.